are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, a interesting show today. I want to talk about Josh Hart because he's been playing well recently. Should he start Should he not start? There's actually good arguments on both sides of this, and I really want to break it down. So we're going to spend the majority of the show talking about Josh Hart and if he should get into the starting lineup at the expense of Eric Bledsoe. That's who you'd be subbing him in for. And then we're going to wrap up the show with some kind of interesting and weird news that broke late last night about the Minnesota Timberwolves firing Ryan Saunders, hiring former Pelicans assistant Chris Finch to be their new head coach, except he's an assistant on another team or was. Kind of a weird situation I want to take a look at and break down, share some of my thoughts on that with you all. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So Josh Hart was the key to the win over the Boston Celtics, the key to sparking the largest comeback in team history, right? 24 points. They were able to come from behind in the second half, largest come from behind win in Pelicans history. It was very impressive. There are a lot of things that went into that switching the defense really good play from Zion and Brandon Ingram in the second half but it feels like it was sparked by Josh Hart and maybe to some lesser extent JJ Redick kind of getting thrown out of the game which I also found kind of interesting that John Corrales on the show yesterday he and I were talking and he mentioned maybe that was good for the Pelicans because they couldn't target J uh, the Celtics couldn't target JJ Redick on defense but the larger part of this is Josh Hart was awesome for the Pelicans in this one with just the energy he's brought off the bench. And look, he's had a couple of games recently right now where he has felt like a bit of a difference maker for New Orleans. Um, And you saw it the other night when the Pelicans beat the Memphis Grizzlies and Josh Hart made six threes. Now, his offense is inconsistent. The next game, he was 0 for 4. But then in the loss to Phoenix, he was 2 of 3. And in the win over the Boston Celtics, he was 2 of 5. But he gives you more than just what shows up there. And that's valuable. So the question then becomes, and I've seen people wondering about this on Twitter, and I threw this threw this question out there, should Josh Hart start? And I've heard arguments for and against it. You would have presumed that means that Eric Bledsoe is out of the starting lineup and that in comes Josh Hart in the backcourt with Lonzo Ball. Is this good? Is this bad? So that's kind of what I want to get into in a lot of today's show. So I want to address some of the things that I heard of why you don't do this. And some of them don't make a ton of sense to me. And the first and foremost is I saw when I put this out there, no, he he needs to come off the bench and provide energy. This is a weird argument to me. And so let's break this one down a little bit. He comes off the bench and gives the team energy when they're lagging is presumably what that means. Kind of like what he did, right? Why, why wouldn't you want that energy out there to start the game? He already plays more minutes than Eric Bledsoe does. He closes the games. That's important too, right? And I just did a hit for WDSU, which you can find me all on the news this evening and yesterday. And Fletcher Mackle said, you know, it's not how you, it's not if you start, it's if you finish. But it's also how you start. Look at the game against the Boston Celtics. It's a really good example of that. This team was bad in the first half. They didn't really have that energy on defense to go out and really kind of stick it to the Boston Celtics and play up with them. And all of the starters, 
their individual plus minuses were negative. They just weren't out there trying nearly as hard as they could have, particularly defensively, when the Boston Celtics scored 63 points in the first half. Why wouldn't you want that energy, that spark out there on the court at tip-off? What are you saving it for? Give Josh Hart those minutes there and run him more with the starters. When you look at what his lineup numbers are and the different combinations that he's played with, he plays primarily with the second unit, not necessarily with the starters. The starters have started to kind of get more run with him now because he's been closing games because of how bad Eric Bledsoe has been, but that hasn't always been the case. Why wouldn't you want the Pelicans, you know, not going down 20, not going down by 24 in this game? So throwing him out there and getting more from the starters, because look, I think part of this is, you know, he tries really hard. If you're out there on the court with them, you need to match that energy. Otherwise, they're going to look at you in the film room when you break down this game and be like, what the hell? Brandon Ingram doesn't want to get out hustled by Josh Hart. Max contract player versus not a max contract player. It's a bad look. So guys try and match some of that. I, I want that in the beginning. I wouldn't mind that in the first quarter more so than we've seen from New Orleans or in the second quarter or, hey, to start the second half when the Pelicans have really let things get away from him third quarters. Am I right? So I don't think this idea of he needs to be a spark plug off the bench is a great thing. Just be a spark plug whenever you're out there on the court and do it when you're out there with the starters and start build, building up big leads. We've learned that Zion and B.I. can get you really far. And if you can get them playing defense, and Josh Hart got them playing defense the other night, I think that could be a really useful thing. The other side of this I've seen is how does it impact the rotation? I don't think it needs to impact it that much. You know, I I think that if you throw him into the starting lineup, you could still play him as many minutes as you need to play him, and you just reduce minutes for Eric Bledsoe. Bledsoe's been bad, just flat out bad recently. I don't think that if Josh Hart steps into the starting lineup, it means that Kyra Lewis Jr. is going to get fewer minutes. I don't know if I really want him playing lineups alongside Eric Bledsoe, but you know what? As long as he's getting minutes out there, I'm kind of okay with it. So as long as you're not taking away those minutes, I'm kind of in favor of this. You know, I've seen that his role ultimately is to come off the bench, and yes, that's true, but that doesn't matter this year. None of that stuff matters, shifting his role around or not. You're just trying to figure out what's going to make you the most competitive team and unlock Brandon Ingram and and, um, Zion Williamson as much as possible. My God, Josh Hart is kind of doing it right now. There are definite downsides to why you wouldn't want to throw him out there. But again, you're you're replacing Eric Bledsoe with him. You know, I don't know if that is that much of a downside to it. Let's get into that a little bit here in the next segment of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by rockauto.com. With an ever-increasing number of makes and models out there, if you're looking to shop for parts for your car or truck, it can be kind of a pain if you go into a chain store. They're going to have one part that might not really fit your vehicle all too well, and you know what? It's going to cost whatever they want to charge you for it because you're in there, and they know that you're going to buy it once you're in there. You don't want to go into a situation like that. So check out rockauto.com, a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Their online catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. You just click on the make, model, and year of your car, and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. I just ordered some brake pads. I don't need like racing brake pads for my car. 
but I also don't want to get like budget brake pads that are going to make you kind of worried in the rain. Kind of got right in the middle and they're going to do a great job and stop my vehicle the way I need it to stop. Didn't break the bank doing it and I have trust that this is the right part for my vehicle. And their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Do not spend up to twice as much for the same parts. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the uh, all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so we're covering everything you need to know about the pelicans here but what about the rest of sports now the locked on podcast network has you covered there as well with locked on today it's hosted by the great peter bukowski and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes they had like all of the nba stuff on there uh for monday's episode which was really awesome to see subscribe to the locked on today podcast wherever you get your podcasts So still looking at Josh Hart here and his influence on the New Orleans Pelicans. And look, I think they should try starting him because I kind of want to see the energy he brings to the starting lineup for at least a consistent basis. And if it can get Brandon Ingram just carrying on defense, that's his biggest drawback, right? For for B.I. He's been awesome. Refine the shot chart a little bit, which he's kind of done over the past two games, particularly against the Boston Celtics. So that's kind of improving. And I want to see him just care Give a crap on defense a little bit. And Josh Hart made, made him do that. I think there's something to be said for trying that out and kind of attaching them at the hip to some degree when it comes to minutes. Get B.I. caring about defense to start the game. Don't get into a hole and just cruise to hopefully what should be an easy victory, say, over the Pistons on Wednesday night. It's worth probably attempting for a little bit just to mix things up, given how the Pelican season has gone. But look, there, there are downsides to it to some degree. I do wonder with Josh Hart and his inconsistent three-point shot if that could be a problem in the starting lineup. We're seeing Zion create so much space for others to the tune that I want to talk about this in a little bit. I did the math. I'll tell you some of the numbers here. So he shoots 66%, 62%, 62.6%, there it is, in the restricted area this season. That is the equivalent of a person shooting 45% from three. So... Would you rather double or triple Zion and his 62% or cover a 36% three-point shooter? If you're doing it from like a math perspective, you leave that three-point shooter wide open and you try and take away Zion at the rim, which is why you're seeing so many open three-pointers for the Pelicans and so many double and triple teams against Zion Williamson. And again, this is going to probably get into what we're going to talk about tomorrow. There's like eight just a total of eight players who shoot above 45% on four or more attempts per game. This is not like an easy thing to go and find that kind of player. So if Josh Hart is in the starting lineup and isn't shooting three ball particularly well or is very inconsistent with it, is it adding that much offensively? Because you know what? When Zion passes you that ball after getting triple teamed, when he's driving, you better make that shot. You need to shoot it at least close to 40%, 38% to really make a difference in this offense. And if you're not doing that, Well, then I have some concerns. At least Eric Bledsoe is hitting threes, right? Lonzo Ball, who's going to be in there, is hitting threes, and that's a big thing for him. Josh Hart isn't doing that, or worse, passing up those threes and then driving to the basket into a bunch of defenders. This offense will get worse. And right now the offense is clicking and really working, and I don't want to do anything that messes with that. So Josh Hart, if he goes into the starting lineup, really, really needs to understand that he has got to pull the trigger on some of those corner threes that he's been passing up because he seems nervous about it or that he doesn't trust himself a little bit. And that's not going to work 
in this offense and what they're doing with Zion. So that is a big concern I have. But if he's capable of at least pulling the trigger and launching away and starts making those at a reliable amount, I feel pretty good that he could add a lot. Now, maybe he moves to a bench role later on in the year or maybe in the future, depending if you resign him or not, they probably will. And I think that's fine. But if it gets and unlocks Zion, and more importantly, Brandon Ingram defensively, because I think Zion's defense has been pretty okay recently, I'm all for it, at least for trying it a little bit. And the effects that it has kind of on the, you know, going downstream on the roster to Kyra Lewis Jr. would be the biggest one. You know, right now, I think Kyra will be fine. And the biggest thing to me is trying him out um, or trying Josh Hart out to see if he just gets some more defense from some of these guys. But it's a valid question, right? I don't really buy the spark plug off the bench thing. Be a spark plug anytime you're on the court with the starters. That's cool to me here. And still close games out. And I think that could go a long way towards making this team a little bit more competitive on the defensive side of the ball because they did seem to figure out some things that worked. And look, Nico Melli gets some credit with this too because he just tried and was actually good defensively, which is nuts to think about, on in the fourth quarter against the Boston Celtics. Sometimes just having guys who care and want to go out and play that junkyard dog mentality that Josh Hart said is valuable. That's what like Memphis's roster is kind of made up of. Those guys seem like they punch above their weight because they try so damn hard. And you don't really see feel that a little bit here in New Orleans. So it's something that's worth, I think, exploring for New Orleans, at least in the short term, just to kind of mix it up like Stan Van Gundy hinted he might try and start to do. Wrapping up today, talking a little bit of transaction news that just broke as I'm recording this. I'll let you know what that was here for the Pelicans here in a minute. And then also what's going on with Minnesota. Could it impact the Pelicans in some way? Let's get into that coming up here in Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds so you can bet in the moment. And props on almost anything you can imagine. Highly recommend Zion assists per game and points per game and taking the overs. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. It's free money right there. It's like you've already won a bet. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. February's Black History Month in the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Alaya of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. So wrapping up today's show with a little bit of transaction news here, Pelicans waived Sundarius Thornwell. No real surprise. His contract was set to become fully guaranteed soon. And given how close the Pelicans are to the luxury tax, they were going to probably waive him. They don't want to carry him on the roster. And it gives them a little bit more flexibility when it comes to navigating trades. There's also an open roster spot, which can help things too. Wasn't playing, you know, tries hard. Kind of liked what we saw from him at times, but wasn't going to be an impact maker for the Pelicans. So get that money off the books and not have to worry about that, I think, a little bit. Makes some sense for New Orleans as they start to get towards trade season, which is coming up. You don't really get deals or anything until the actual trade deadline. But freeing up as much space and creating as much flexibility is certainly a good thing for New Orleans. 
The other kind of crazy news of the NBA is that the Minnesota Timberwolves fired their head coach, Ryan Saunders, and look, probably should have let him go. Didn't see, like, the reviews about him out of Minnesota were really poor. Did also kind of get shafted a little bit. They've had D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns for 54 weeks together, so a little bit over a year. Those two have played five total games together. They dealt with injuries, COVID, other things like that, and just probably never gave Ryan Saunders a chance to coach the roster, you know, the fullest extent of the roster. Whatever. He's out. Move on. They seem a little bit dysfunctional. And in comes Chris Finch, formerly of the New Orleans Pelicans, was not being brought back after um, last season when Stan Van Gundy came in. But what I found interesting about this is a couple of things. One, he's under contract with the or was Toronto Raptors. This wasn't like you elevated him from an assistant coaching job on your staff to being an interim head coach or an actual head coach. Somehow after firing their head coach, they hired a head, uh, an assistant coach on another team when normally you can't talk about that sort of thing. It was very, very weird. But what I also think here is what I kind of like that the Raptors did is let him go. They want to hire him. We're not going to stop you from getting a promotion or anything like that and not honestly encourage it. But very clearly, Minnesota and Gerson Rosas has worked with Chris Finch when they were in the Houston organization, wanted to bring him in, has wanted to bring him in for a while. It's rare you see a hire like that happen when they weren't interviewing for a head coach. It's not like they interviewed him, right? Or at least they shouldn't have. They just hired him. And I think that is kind of the interesting thing. He had a guy he wanted to be his head coach for a while and just saw the opportunity to go out and get him and must have gotten bought in, uh, you know, the buy-in from ownership. It's kind of shitty to some degree that maybe Matt Ryan Saunders never really had a, a fair shake at this job. It's also pretty crappy for David Vanterpool, a guy I really like and think would have done a great job as a head coach, a guy that I really wanted to see get an opportunity here in New Orleans at times too. He's right there as an assistant coach on the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they didn't want to even up him to the interim label and then go through the coaching search in the offseason. This is just clearly Rosas trying to bring in his guy. Good or bad, depending on how you want to look at it, but certainly a little bit rough for David Vanterpool, who should be an NBA head coach sooner rather than later. I'm curious about Finch because... Obviously, we know what he can do offensively. He's done some great things here in New Orleans with Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, really started to unlock Nikola Jokic, and probably would have used Zion like this last season if Zion had been healthy. But I've I've always wondered one thing that makes me a little bit nervous about him. One, why wouldn't New Orleans want to bring him back this, this past season, right? Unless he didn't want to do that, but it seemed like, you know, they were under contract. They could have. Didn't really seem like that's the route they wanted to go to. And then when... David Griffin wanted to fire, and it's well known that he wanted to fire Alvin Gentry in December last year, but just decided not to pull the trigger because he couldn't go get a guy like Ty Lue. Why wouldn't you still fire Gentry and elevate Chris Finch if he's that close to being a head coaching you know, candidate and a guy you think very highly of? Maybe New Orleans didn't think that highly of him. That's just kind of speculation and conjecture here. But I do find that a little bit interesting, and I think this is a pretty big experiment that Minnesota is now undertaking with Chris Finch there, and a bit of a risk to some degree. I also am very curious to see if they don't have success right away, does this make them more or less likely to move on from Carl Anthony Towns? Because Carl Anthony Towns is a big man I would very, very much like here in New Orleans. You want a center to pair next to Zion? It's Cat. I don't think they're going to end up trading him. 
I don't think they're going to even remotely look to move him with a new head coach in there, a new head coach. They're clearly bringing in to kind of revolutionize the offense and try and win some games with a very creative big man, man. I would love it. And they're a little bit dysfunctional and not the greatest organization. Just saying, they're not going to trade him, but you should probably call. Then he should probably want out, but I think it's fair that he doesn't necessarily want to, or they don't want to go that route. But interesting situation nonetheless, and one that's worth keeping an eye on. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening tomorrow. By the way, game day for New Orleans as they take on the Pistons. We'll break that down for you in tomorrow's show, as well as talk about Zion spacing and his court gravity because, oh my God, it's huge and I love it. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.